Young entertainment. Young entertainment. Young entertainment. Young entertainment professionals. Young entertainment professionals. What can you do today? How can you make your skills better? And don't focus on landing like oh, the ideal job. Like focus on like what makes you better next. You're listening to the Young Entertainment Professionals podcast, a series featuring the people cultivating the entertainment industry and how they discovered their career path with the help of Yeb Nashville. I'm your host, Libby Ulrich, and this week we have a special episode for you. It's the second episode we've released that focuses on the topic of content. The other, if you're interested, can be found in season one. Our guest, Amelia Sachs from Maiden Network, shares her experience working in digital content strategy, YouTube channel management, and video-specific media buys, and lots of advice on why analytics shouldn't scare you. Today, we are following up the You Music Experience Industry Q&A takeover that happened on our social media pages a few weeks ago. You may have seen or participated in this Q&A if you follow Yep Nashville on Facebook and Instagram. Today, we're going to expand on the answers to your questions in regards to management, the Nashville music scene, how to best utilize the digital space to market your creativity, and what it's like working at You Music. Here today to answer those questions is Wes Davenport, the culture marketing manager for Universal Music Group, where he partners the company's artists with brands, universities, nonprofits, and lifestyle outlets. His team manages U Music Experience, a national network of the most driven and creative college students. In our conversation, he shares tips for creating sleek content on a budget and the most out-of-the-box stories he's produced with Universal artists. Now to our episode with Wes Davenport the culture marketing manager, Mr. Wes Davenport. How's it going? It's so good. So good to be on the podcast. Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm so glad you're here. This it is going to be so fun. It's so fun. It's already fun. We've already been hanging out. We've already been chopping it up. Yes. Yeah. Those of you that did see a story, obviously it's on our Instagram. It's in a highlight feed. Those of you that didn't, go to our highlights feed. You can rewatch it. But today we're going to expand on those answers, which I'm really excited about because I could have spent hours making questions based off of the answers that you gave. Um, Lots of really great, insightful advice. So I'm going to start out with advertising on streaming. So YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, email list. You mentioned all of those platforms in one of your answers about how to advertise your music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can talk about advertising and marketing and how those things go together and what your goals are. So, yeah, I guess we could just, I think the question was, how do I best advertise my music on social channels, right? Mm-hmm. So when it, when you're advertising your music, you're like, okay, what's the goal? Is it to get a follow? Is it to get a listen? Is it like an email opt-in? So you're looking at all those things. And when you just want your music to get heard, you've got to think like, what's the easiest way that someone can just hit play? And really, when it comes to just, like, hit play or just straight up listening, it's Spotify and YouTube. Because those are audio, like, music's already playing. Yeah. So those advertising things, uh, those platforms, you're already there. Like, your ad just goes ahead, gets the music played, and people can make a decision from there. Mm-hmm. I think after that, yeah, it's, uh, it's Instagram because that's where a large audience is. Um, it's where people are looking to consume a lot of media and, uh, yeah, it's just like an intuitive thing to advertise on Instagram. And, um, we were talking a little bit earlier about your role at Universal Music Group, that it's the dream job. 
such a dream job. It's like, <laughs> oh, I've been waiting so long for this one. Yes. <laughs> and you manage a huge team of creators. You are a producer of sorts. And so I kind of want to get into, obviously, what you do. Um, and then can you relate that back to how these different platforms have affected your direction? Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to get into, I'll tell you what my department does, mm -hmm. then I'll tell you what I do, and then we can talk about platforms because it's so much to unpack. So what we do, we're the college and lifestyle team, uh, a universal music group. We service all of our labels in the system, uh, be it our owned labels or our distributed labels. That accounts for about 40% of the recorded music market. It's a lot of music, a lot of work. Yeah. So... Even though I'm based in Nashville, like I work country music, but I work a lot of projects for Def Jam or Interscope or Republic or Island. Um, so what we're doing, we're doing content, we're doing um, marketing events, and uh, a new thing that I'll talk about called culture marketing. So on the content side, uh, we have about 25 part-time creators. They're all college students. They are amazing videographers and, uh, and media creatives. So what they're doing, they're doing music videos, they're doing lyric videos, they're doing motion graphics, they're doing social cuts. We also have original content series. So the original content series for YouTube, uh, we have one series called Shop It Up. That's where we interview artists in helicopters without doors, 2,000 feet above New York City. Incredible. Like What? You, yeah. <laughs> do you want to do one? Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, we'll set one up next time you're in New York. Wait for... I mean... We can arrange something. That would literally <laughs> be the coolest thing ever. It's so much. It's... uh, Yeah. I, don't, I mean, my palms are, are getting on, sweaty I'm thinking about I'm not trying to, it. like, make a pun here, but are you on a high, like, afterwards? <gasps> I can believe... Like, I haven't done it myself. <laughs> But the artists like definitely are because it's it's crazy. Like some uh, like I know um one uh artist, her name's Chantelle Jeffries. She's okay. a huge DJ and electronic artist. She said she's like, you know, I've ridden in a lot of helicopters, you know, flex, but <laughs> never one without doors. Add that so, to your Instagram bio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She, so uh yeah, it's a crazy experience. We've done Chantel Jeffries, we've done Tank and the Bengas, we've done Lil Mosey, we've done uh Olivia O'Brien. So we're booking a lot of uh interesting content like that. So yeah, so we're we're pumping out a lot of content. Um the rest of our staff, they're uh marketing and multi-genre marketing reps. So what they're doing, they're helping us promote things through events, through digital channels, through sometimes campus marketing, sometimes lifestyle marketing. And these are all part-time employees of the company, by the way. They're not interns. Uh, they may be in college, but uh, we're paying them with like a goal. And the goal is to build a better music industry. So we're training uh, these college students to market our artists. We're teaching them to, uh, you know, put together events. We do master classes on campuses across the country where we bring in artists to speak generally in this format of uh, about an hour of a moderated interview and a Q&A. And it could be about music business, but it could be about other things that they care about. That's awesome. It, yeah. Because everybody's story is so different. That's the thing. Like you would think from kind of an outside perspective that like, oh, I bet he has the same track record as someone else. And it's like, no, every single artist and songwriter and producer has 
a, just a different, unique story. And that's what keeps it so interesting and so inspiring. Yeah. Like we, I mean, here locally in Nashville, we did one with uh, this band. It's an Interscope band, Nightly. We did mm-hmm. one with yeah. them. They talked about their experience moving from Philadelphia and like scrapping and being a band and like just growing together. Um, and that was a great experience. And we had another uh, masterclass where we had UMG Nashville artist Cassie Ashton and we had uh, nice. UMG Nashville president Cindy Mape. So they had a conversation about the overlap in their careers and how they came up and the obstacles they had to overcome. It was a very different conversation, but it was still equally valuable to show people like, hey, like I have a path uh, and they are examples that I can look to to achieve what I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And what I love about the whole um, utilizing these part-time employees is almost like a new way of outsourcing in a way. Yeah, of, in a way. Yeah. yeah which yeah. I think is really cool. I mean, you're still keeping it in-house, mm-hmm. but you're, you know, you're relying on just different areas of the country, which I think really probably gives you a lot of great audience stats and you're being able to see what works where and For maybe. sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely onto that because – um, I think when the music industry was shrinking and the financial crisis, the Great Recession, uh, there was a lot of activity in New York, Nashville, and L.A., but the rest of the country just didn't have boots on the ground. And now the industry is growing. Um, we have this opportunity to change, like, the whole model of what a street team means. Like, we're not just hanging posters. Like, anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. What we're doing, we have these part-time employees that, hey, they can come up with creative ways to market uh, online or with events and it's growing them into people who we can actually hire within the company. Love it. So what we've done, we've actually hired to date about 45 of our reps within the company to full-time positions. We're a big talent pipeline. So we want to get people, you know, once they've worked with us full time or part time, we want to get them those full-time jobs. Like, where can we put these talented individuals to work? So where are this talent pipeline? Uh, and we've gotten even more hired uh, outside of the company. It could be at agencies or management companies, PROs, anywhere that they think they can make an impact. I oh got that's so awesome. I know. That's yeah. what gets me up in the morning. Yes. I'm like, hey, I'm building a better music industry today. Like, let's go do something. So – Let's talk about what you do on the other oh. thing. How do you ma- how do you manage how how total people? Yeah, we've got uh, max our, our max headcount's eighty five. Okay, across the country, yeah, and that's everywhere. Yeah, New York, uh, Nashville, and L.A., but it's also Champaign, Illinois. It's uh, New Orleans. It's Seattle. Uh, it's Gainesville. A lot of culture happens there. A lot of meaningful things happen there. So we've got to be there. What's your favorite part of managing creatives and setting those expectations, but letting them really, you know, do their magic? Because like you said, you have all types of creatives and they have their set unique skill that that adds to the vision that you're trying to achieve. It's definitely the growth, okay, because we've got so much to do. We've got so many projects, but to see like a someone pull something off, it could be a listening party or a listening event. It could be a master class. It could be an amazing piece of content. And really, like, the best part is just seeing my reps grow um, by executing, learning from mistakes, learning from victories, and then just getting, like, better and better and better. Like, I love that every single day. Um, let's move on to more questions. Mm-hmm. 
that people submitted. Oh, really quickly. Did we already talk about platforms? We missed. I knew it. I knew it would forget. I knew it would forget I'm something. like, this is a long answer coming your way. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. We it, Was the question more about utilizing yeah, those platforms? It was more about utilizing them. But mm-hmm. even kind of going off of that with my brain thinking more on these here. Um, there's so many platforms to use. When to use them. How often to post to each. Mm-hmm. What best serves the content that I'm trying to create. So can you expand on just your your experience with these different platforms? And maybe not individually, because I don't know if we have enough time for that, but just generically. Yeah, I'll just tell you my perspective. So there's a lot of, per, there's a lot of platforms, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, TikTok. People are super high on TikTok right now, Snapchat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think when it comes to like the individual's use, like what I use, how do I use it, 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 you just have to look at it as an individual and you have to look at your strengths. So um, let's say I'm an independent artist um, and maybe that independent artist, I like photographing things. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I like telling stories through short form media and photos and videos and maybe I have a sense of humor with that. Like it's definitely going to be an Instagram world. Uh, maybe it's a TikTok thing if you're into comedy. Uh, are you really good at writing really snappy texts? Uh, is your is your Twitter humor on point? You're going to go to Twitter. Like, that's mm. just, you know, you go to where your strengths are. Like, look at those platforms and think about where you can tell your story and how you can best tell it. In the most natural way. The most natural way. Like, there's no use trying to force it. I totally believe in that because it falls flat. Yeah. If you try to force it. It does. It does. I'm totally a Twitter person. Are you? Yeah. I'm totally like also an Instagram story person, but I'm not like my my IG feed, y'all. It's lacking. Like it does not have that aesthetic. I'm sorry. You know, sometimes all, that's okay. That's all right. It's yeah. all right. I'm out there. I'm out there. Like I post. I see you. Yeah, you see me. You see me. Like hit me with that follow at West Davenport. No. <laughs> well, now you know. Now y'all know. Go no, follow us. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> no. Instagram is my favorite. I will say. Yeah, it's great. It's it's pretty much everybody's favorite right now. Yeah. And this is like 2019. Mm-hmm. That could change in six months or a year. I don't know. Totally. They might acquire another platform. Who knows? That's cool. But we're all still going to be writing stuff. We're all still going to be making stories and videos. Like that thing is going to stay the same. For sure. So let's say a creator, they obviously have all access to these free platforms, but they're starting to create, they want to create high quality content on a budget. This is a question that came in on our Facebook feed. And I wanted to touch on a little bit with you because obviously your team has a budget. Um, but what have you learned from that in regards to maybe someone that's starting out in an individual place and wants to grow, but doesn't have the money and are funding at the moment? Yeah. If you, if you don't have the money, it's kind of like looking to people like who else can benefit from getting your project done. I think a lot of people look to students and like young professionals because, I mean, here, here's my story real quick, and I'm going to, like, tie this in. So I graduated I, from University of Tennessee. I had a journalism degree, um, but I graduated during the Great Recession. Not a good economic time, but I landed a really good job in disguise. It was, like, a corporate marketing job um, and with some really wonderful people, and they helped me grow. But I wanted to do something else, so I had to start my own thing on the side. And what I did, I offered uh, essentially label services for free to my artist friends. 
So I would do marketing and PR and management for them for free. Because, like, you know, I didn't know. Like, I didn't have any experience. Nobody hired me to do that. And, like, I love the University of Tennessee, but it's not a Belmont music business thing. Like, I only really worked with the live industry in that town. So I didn't have the same advantages uh, that I would have if I had gone and went to university in Nashville. So I did the work for free. And what I did, I started for free, and then I, like, started charging a little bit, and then I raised my rates, and then I took on more clients until I was able to start my own business full-time. So that's what I did. And when it comes to, like, videography, like, I think that's a similar path that people can take. Like, there are definitely those videographers, maybe they aren't able to charge a lot of money yet, but they need the experience. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's finding those people... And just being totally upfront, like, hey, my budget is close to zero. But going going back to that thing, it's like finding those creatives who are looking to develop their portfolio and grow their work. The flip side is like, hey, maybe you should learn to DIY it. Do it yourself. Learn how to use uh, an iPhone and some editing software to make a cool video. So I, I think those are the only two ways to do it low budget. And I think that's the best way just from my experience creating content on the side, like finding my own voice, figuring out what's organic, what's not that what I'm doing for my job isn't organic, but when you're not thinking about the deadlines or like just the the logistics of it and you're just free flow creating, you start to learn skills that you can apply to your nine to five that are growing that project, which is really, really fun. You definitely do. It's so good working with artists or other creatives or industry people who have experience doing certain things themselves. It could be uh, video production. It could be PR. Because then when it's time to hire a production company or a videographer or a PR company or an agent, like you can already have a really well-informed conversation and working relationship with those professionals. Absolutely. So any news or articles that that you recommend to keep up with digital marketing for artists that Mm -hmm. keep you informed, um, that you love, that's, you know, teaching you something? Def. You got to stay up to date on all the industry news. Um, I mean, everybody knows Billboard. Let's just actually read the articles. Don't just read, like, the tweets. Right. Don't just read the headlines. (laughs) Like, dive into the articles and be an informed consumer of media. Like, look at who is doing what, like, why are they making these moves? Uh, So there's Billboard, uh, there's Sherry Hugh. She's like a music journalist. She contributes to Billboard, but I highly recommend you follow her on Twitter. She uh, gets into podcasting. Music Biz Worldwide is great. But then looking outside of industry publications, like what's going on in ad age, uh, what's going on with social media examiner, like what's going on um, in those other spaces that you can apply to your own craft. Like Those are kind of the things that I'm looking at. Are there podcasts that you listen to um, that are just, it's just music news or interviews that you love and that give you new ideas for ways to present oh, how or direct I- <laughs> your, your creative team to present ideas? Yeah. Oh, I love podcasts. Uh, How I Built This with Guy Raz. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've been told like, yo, you sound like Guy Raz. And they're you like, probably. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, say it, say it. I'm like, this is, I don't even, I can't even. <laughs> this is how I built this with Guy Raz. Like, it's I don't always, know. I don't it's know. always, that's Sorry, how he says it all the time. Yeah. 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 So yeah. How I Built This is incredible. 
Uh, I love Planet Money. It just kind of gets a different perspective on economics in our lives. Um, this American Life, that's like more of like a feel good. That's what yeah. got me into story t- podcast storytelling just because he was so – it's – obviously he scripts it, but you can tell he lives and breathes that series. And I was like, I want to do something like that where I live and breathe the content that, that I'm creating. Yeah, yeah. Ira Glass, he's just an amazing storyteller. And I think he was atop of this podcast wave that we're experiencing right now. So – uh, also, Jonathan Van Ness, getting curious. Shout out, so good, so good. Because you, you got to stay curious. Like I don't of care. Course. I don't care if it's like a science teacher, or maybe he's talking to Karamo Brown, or maybe a musician or a politician. Whatever. Like you don't know where the overlap's gonna hit in your life. So I think it's being open minded to those things. Hundred um, percent. I really love Talia Schlanger from World Cafe. Oh, she's so brilliant. She's got the best radio voice. You can tell she loves music. And she interviews just these very out-of-the-box artists that I'm like, I have not yet heard an interview with them and is able just to pull out those stories. She's so, so, so good. Like, I love listening to her stuff. So let's talk more um, just about what you do on a routine basis in addition. We never never talked about what I do. Do, right? Yeah, we let, let's just talk about what you do. We just ended up going on this like rabbit trail, <laughs> which is great. But at the same it's time, so like it's so good. I'm so like, what do you so do? Good. What does your day look like? Yeah. So my my role, it's I'm a, a culture marketing manager. A lot of people are like, what is culture marketing? So what I'm doing on the day to day, it's uh, it's a lot of partnerships. <clears throat> so when it comes to our content and events, I'm trying to integrate culturally relevant organizations into those. So that could be retail outlets, it could be lifestyle accounts, it could be museums, universities, uh, influencers, nonprofits, any of those things. So what does that actually mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's just like words, whatever. So what that means is, let's say we have a day in the life uh, content piece. Well, with an artist. So, well, instead of just taking them to like the green room and playing a show, I'm looking for like, what else do they like? Where do they go that's like relevant, like culturally on the local and regional level? We have this uh, Interscope artist. His name's Jamie Ann Commons. um, And we took him to several different places around Nashville. Like I found out he likes cats and wine and records. So I was like, cool, let's go, Jamie. Let's have an amazing day. So I took him to Third Mint Records. We cut one of like the OG live vinyls that they had. So cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, went to Third Man, did that. We recorded a session, like a live session at Nashville Urban Winery. We did that. We went to Lightning 100. And then I took him to Music Kitty Cafe. Yes. Wait, that's open. It's open. Okay. You can go see the cats. I I don't know. This year. This year, it's sometime this year. So now you can go see the cats. They have amazing music names. Like there's there's one in the video. Watch the video. It's like the cat's name is Johnny Catch. Oh <laughs> right. I right. have a friend that lives currently lives in Portland, Oregon, but she used to live here. And I go visit, we visit each other like more often than not. Mm-hmm. And she's coming here at the end of October. So I'm saying this out loud to the public that I'm taking her there. It's so good. It's done. Because yeah. Because you're a good friend, and that's what good, good friend. friends do. I'm making a promise, a public <laughs> promise, a public promise, and <laughs> cats. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, and then he had a sold out show at Exit Inn. So I'm arranging things like that for content. 
um, when it comes to events. Uh, yeah, it's just partnering with really great organizations or companies to do events. Like we did a South by Southwest showcase with Billy Reed. Uh, Billy Reed is an amazing Southern-based fashion company. They have places in, uh, or storefronts in New York, um, Chicago, Atlanta, Nashville, and Austin. So for South by Southwest just this year, instead of doing like one of the million like showcases where you're just kind of going and it happens really quickly, I was like, let's slow it down a second. Let's do brunch. So partnered up with Billy Reed and we did a brunch showcase with Andrew Bird and Madison Cunningham. Oh, Andrew Bird. So good. Amazing Whistler. Ama- Natural <laughs> amazing Disaster, music. one of my all-time oh. classic favorites. So, so good. And his, his new album is, like, incredible. It's, it's, it's his finest work yet. That's, like, literally the name of the album. And someone that would take it to that level to name their album. That, like, <laughs> the, I clap and snaps for Andrew mm, Bird. Mm, mm. Go, Andrew. I wanted to ask you, is there a routine investment? that you make as a music industry professional that has grown your knowledge and creativity. So, you know, going to shows, that sort of thing, something that you enjoy doing that is music industry related. That's not necessarily within your job, but it's just something that you, that you do that keeps you informed, that keeps you engaged, helps you connect with more people, that sort of thing. Definitely. Like I've got two music adjacent hobbies, uh, one, it's a blog called No Country for New Nashville. Uh, they cover the non-country scene here. I've contributed there since like 2013. So it's always discovering new artists coming out of here that are outside of the country space, um, which, you know, now is not such a novel concept, but it mm-hmm. used to be. And it's, you know, just blogging, writing news posts, doing some interviews now it's mostly running their playlist so it's tracking like okay what are the songs the 20 songs each week that people may need to listen to and it's like local and touring so it's no country for new nashville the other thing is uh it's called nashville pop squad nice so pop squad is a nashville pop community uh i started that in 2014 with the goal of connecting artist to artists so they can write together, remix, produce, play each other's shows, or just be friends. Uh, and then it's artist to industry, so it could be connecting artists to agents or publishers or label or management or whatever, anybody in the industry. And then there's the artist to fan component. So it's just connecting artists to fans of pop music in Nashville. And I do that through... Um, supporting shows through like our email newsletters, through our playlist, through uh, sometimes it's parties. We went through a period where we we're throwing a lot of parties, a lot of warehouse parties. I love it. Yep. Doing like really, really interesting party things and taking it kind of out of the usual venue spaces where people can connect and interact with each other differently. So those are, those are the things that kind of keep me uh, creatively motivated but still within like the music mm-hmm. sphere. Yeah, and there's so many great pop acts. So many great pop acts. They're like, they're coming, they're moving here, they're starting to write. And it's interesting that we've seen um, even some like move to LA. So now there's this bridge between LA and Nashville where uh, our artists are, are writing with people in LA a ton. So uh, man, so many of those. And that plays off of one of the questions that we got submitted about is at Nashville all country. And it's like, no, there's like this huge indie rock sector of, of the music industry here and such great support for it too. So 
yeah, there's tons of amazing, like, man, there's rock, uh, there, I could, I'm like, oh, you could totally just name drop bands all day long yeah. in this section, but yeah, there's an amazing rock scene, there's a, there's a really dope hip-hop scene that's, that's coming up, um, and you see it come up from, like, the grassroots level, there's amazing pop, there's folk, there's Americana, at the end of the day, Nashville's a songwriting town, and we focus as a town on, like, crafting really great songs, so that could be something local. It could be Ed Sheeran. I don't know. And everything in between because he wrote his last record here. So good. Yeah. Um, who do you listen to personally? Oh. So I'm a pop boy. I <laughs> love pop. Uh, love pop and R&B. A little bit of rock um, and hip hop in there. So, I mean, just lately, just like on the playlist, there's been a lot of uh, R. Lumar. He's based here in Nashville. Uh, big fan of Fangs. That's like with a PH. Yes. Fangs. He's super great. Um, non local. I've been loving this new Claro record that's been out. Uh, Denzel Curry. He's been amazing. So that's, that's kind of the stuff I've been listening to. Uh, Maggie Rogers forever. Okay. Casey Musgrace forever. Want to see them both at Bridgestone so badly because they're playing together. Did you see that? Did you? Or are you? Are you? Did you get tickets to that concert? Yeah, I got some. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I that's those. gonna be a shame if you didn't. No, no. Um, I have heard of Young the Giant for like the longest time, and I went to their Ascend show, and I'm like a bigger fan. They're so than amazing. I've ever been. Yeah, they're so amazing. Oh, I just love them so much. There's there's so much cool talent coming out of town, like either like locally or I've discovered a lot of music through the UMG system because UMG still and they actually develop artists from the ground up. It's kind of what our team does. Like we work with the emerging, the developing side. So it's cool to see, you know, like people like Soli Had. He's an island artist that's like kind of cool and indie and R and B and laid back and uh it's so funny, like, our team before I joined even developed this one guy who had this song, White Iverson, and then he slowly blew up into Post Malone. So you never know. What? Yeah, it's wild. It's talk, wild. Can you talk a little bit more about that and his development phase and, you know, what he went through to get to where he is right now? Yeah. So this, I'm, I'm just going to be real. Like, that was a little bit before my time. I've been with the company for a year, but... It's just he did a lot of the things that our department does. Like it's just marketing to the eighteen to twenty-four demographic, uh, finding places online where people want to talk about him. It could be Reddit or Instagram, just making like natural conversations. It could be, you know, making some cool uh tools for campuses, like, you know, beer bongs and Bentleys. Like, why would you not make some solo cups that are post Malone themed? So it's, it's just figuring out how to be a part of that story. Cause a lot of people were a part of that story, but at the, at the start, sometimes it's just, you know, on the label side, it's like the label and us and us being a champion for those artists. So the content that your team is creating, um, each month, that's, that's very casual free flow, this helicopter series, what do you think, how do you think that that adds to their fan engagement and really humanizing them? Yeah, we focus mostly on 18 to 24. So like, what is, what is that demographic consuming? And it's, it's kind of figuring out like, okay, who is the artist? What are their ancillary interests outside of music? Is it like Jamie in comments? Like he really likes cats mm -hmm. and like so relatable, right? Yeah. 
But some other people like, hey, maybe it's about causes or maybe they have other interests and it's creating content around that. Because, you know, like let's say you're talking to somebody in person. You don't want to hear them talk about music all day long. Yeah. You want to switch we it all, up? I mean, oh. we're all mm-hmm. – I'll be honest. Like if I go to a show during the week, it's because I really want to go to that show. Yes. And it's not because there's other shows I don't – like I don't like their music. It's just – I'm around it all day. I'm talking about it all day. And I'm not even mm-hmm. the artist. I'm just – or songwriter. I'm just exposed to it. Yeah. Time. Yeah. So I think it's finding things that the artist cares about or like says something about their personality or who they are as a human. So some of that could be um, we've shot content involving dog shelters and like helping pets get adopted. We've done that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we've done that. We've done um, content. We've got a series called Case Study. Like what does an artist take on the road to make them feel at home or make them feel like a person? And, yeah, people share like you know, books that they're reading and why it means something to them. Or maybe they share items that belong to their family. And they're like, hey, I take this on the road with me because every time I see this handkerchief, I think about my grandfather. Like things like that that are really meaningful and I think we can all relate to. So that's what we're keeping in mind when we're making that content. Um, what do you love most about your job Like hmm. at this point? it's. I think it's... It's got to be the mentorship because we have those 80-ish young professionals and, uh, man, just like seeing them grow and seeing them develop. And it's kind of like the thing. Sometimes they make you crazy. They're like, ah, like, why did you do that? And then also, like, as I'm thinking that, it's like, oh, I totally would have done that. Like, at your point (laughs) in your career, I'm like, oh. (laughs) So it's like being understanding uh, helping people grow from all of their experiences. It, it's so funny. Like when we first hire someone, they're all like green and fresh. And then like you see them a little bit into their career and it's like, wow, this person has just developed into this confident person and they're so knowledgeable. And I'm going to take just a tiny little bit of credit for it. Just a little bit. It's mostly them, but it just feels so good to be a small part of it. That's my favorite part of the job. And, I mean, it's rare to find a job where you can grow as a creator, Mm -hmm. I will say, you know, to feel like you have that freedom to um, go with your gut, even if you don't know what the outcome is going to be, but still have those boundaries and limitations to help you funnel, okay, what's the why behind what I'm actually creating, you know? Yeah, it's it kind of – this is like the second favorite part of my job, which – relates to that is sometimes when you work by yourself like I was a solo entrepreneur for a while um I ran my own company for four years and there were times where it was just in my head and I questioned decisions or did I handle this right or did I do this right thing and I didn't have any platform to bounce that off of and when I had successes I didn't really have other people to celebrate with it was just like hey good job Wes all right on to the next thing um But in our team, like, you're surrounded with an infrastructure of people who are cheering you on and want you to be better. And really, like, the other favorite part of my job is working with, like, my management team members. We're all friends. I'm around, like, oh, they're just so cool. They're so cool, Libby. So 
they're based in New York and L.A. Like, that's all the management team. Those are the full-time people who run the department. And they're just these, like, incredible people to work with. They're creative. They're funny. They're professional. They're thoughtful. They're kind. They're all the people that you want to be surrounded with day to day. And that just makes you so much better when you surround yourself with those people every day. Yeah. And you're focused on like how they're growing too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not thinking as much all the time about just your growth, which is a relief. And you can kind of like see, oh, how how can my job better what they're doing and vice versa? Yeah, yeah. You look at other people and you don't like if you're not just doing your own thing all the time, you're not looking at yourself all the time. You're looking around. You're like, oh, wow, look at this amazing thing this person put together. Like, let me tell them what they're doing because maybe they're in their head too. Um, it's it's that gratitude part of your job that makes you just mentally and emotionally healthier every day. For sure. So for somebody that wants to get involved in uh, your your college rep program, how can they do that? What, what kind of skills do they need to have from the very beginning stages? Yeah, just the very beginning stages. I mean, we hire people generally, some, some freshmen, some sophomore, some junior uh, candidates. They can apply. It's at umusicexperience.com. That's our website. It like funnels all the applications to us. What we're looking for, we're looking for people who, on the marketing side, like who have good communication skills, okay? So like people who can communicate, who can follow through. We're looking for people who know their cities, not just their universities, but their cities because our reps are, it's not like a Belmont rep. It's a Nashville rep. So people who know their cities, do they know all the retail? Do they know the promoters? Do they know the lifestyle accounts? We really want them to know the fabric of their city. Um, when it comes to content creators, we want people who have like kind of held a camera for a little bit, who have made some like really cool vacation recaps or travel recaps, maybe shot some pieces of content for an artist friend. You don't need to be too far ahead of the game or anything like that's not what we're looking for but if you look on our youtube channel you can see the kind of quality of work that we're doing so if you look at that uh and the creator it could be in nashville new york la denver or phoenix or wherever it doesn't matter as long as you can like create and edit great content like that's what we're looking for that's awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Let's end with the question of any advice that you have for young professionals that want a career in music marketing specifically. Music marketing specifically. Okay, yeah. I think if I'm like looking back and I'm telling myself, what what do you do? Like, man. So it's looking back and saying, hey, it's going to take a while to get where you want to be. But you just have to take one step forward every day. I know it's cheesy, but like, what can you do today? How can you make your skills better? And don't focus on landing like, oh, the ideal job. Like, focus on like, what makes you better next? And a lot of it are just those things like your network. Get out there, network, make genuine relationships and focus on what you can do with, uh, for other people. Instead of what other people can do for you, focus on being a meaningful presence in your community and focus on taking on as many projects that you can handle to like create 
your business acumen, to hone your creative craft, to hone your skills. Just focus on being better with those things and focus on surrounding yourselves with good people. That's just like the general advice. I can kind of go down into specifics. It's like, okay, yeah, learn uh, the Adobe Creative Suite. The the Adobe Creative Suite. It's so sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Adobe Spark. Such a game changer. I used it today Mm -hmm. to do some animation, and I was like, this is a game changer. It's a game changer. And it's just learning those basic media skills, like – Recording audio. How do you shoot and edit video on your phone and your laptop? Like, is it going to be learn some iMovie, learn some Final Cut, learn some Adobe? Like, learn those things. Uh, and then it's, it, you know, there are marketing programs out there to learn. It's like learn email marketing. Use MailChimp or Constant Contact. Learn how to use those things. Learn how to use Facebook ads. Um, so you can advertise on Instagram and Facebook, learn proper social media marketing, like learn all of those like solid digital foundational skills because you got to have those. Well, this was awesome. Thank this was you. So fun. This was so the best. Fun. Yes. Cheers. Maybe I'll see you in a helicopter Oof. one day. <laughs> To, yeah, just like a couple helicopters, just like roll down the window. Just passing by. Just passing by. <laughs> It'll be like at a red light or something. They have those in the sky too, right? right. Yeah. You know, Why not? They Why need not? traffic lights. <laughs> they need traffic Stop lights signs. up there. There's all kinds <laughs> of drones and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Love Always it. a pleasure. So good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Shout out to the You Music Experience team for sharing your industry advice and inspiring YEP followers to pursue their dream in entertainment. If you're interested in contributing to the You Music Experience, visit youmusicexperience.com and You Music Experience on Instagram to learn more. We have YEP announcements coming soon about our next Rewind show in October and other events you should have on your radar. If you are in LA, follow YEP Los Angeles on Instagram to get involved on the West Coast. I'm Libby Ulrich, your host of the YEP podcast. And as always, until next time, discover, cultivate, accelerate. Accelerate.